Welcome to another episode of the Grappling with Life podcast. Today I'm joined by Ramadan Yunus, all the way from Egypt, but he's actually live in the studio today. Ramadan, uh, welcome, Habibi. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you, uh, my uh, bro Mohammed, for inviting me on uh, this um, podcast. And uh, I wish that we will, you know, spend time, a uh, nice time together and our audience will enjoy this episode. Inshallah, welcome. That was, so you're a journalist, right? Yes. So that, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit intimidated now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, you are doing very well. Thank you, know? you very yeah, much. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> um, so Ramadan, for the audience, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Ramadan Yunus uh, from Egypt. I live in the capital, Cairo. And uh, now I am in my 30s. Uh, 30s. Um, no, I don't want to say how old I am exactly, but actually I'm 37. Mashallah. And uh, now I'm working um, as a journalist for the BBC. So uh, I come to London every few months. Mashallah. So um, so what, what kind of journalism are you involved in? Uh, I'd like to um, work more on investigative journalism where I can um, highlight the suffering of people, any sort of inequality, injustice, uh, corruption, to help people to speak loud and tell their stories. That's why I prefer investigative uh, journalism and making documentaries. Alhamdulillah. So how did you get into journalism? Um, you know, after getting my master's degree in Egypt in 2015, I started to look for a role in um any media outlet in Egypt or globally until there was a special scheme released by BBC in 2018 called the MHI. It was designed for Atlantic journalists with disabilities um, outside the UK. And I was one of the successful uh, applicants they chose. After that, my relationship with the BBC started uh, for the, um, you know, for the Department of Documentaries and Investigative Journalism since 2019. So are you documentary made in Arabic or, or English or um, both? Both languages. It it, it goes on BBC Arabic and it goes in BBC Wallace service as well. MashaAllah. And you mentioned you have obviously a condition, an eye condition. If you could yeah. just let everyone know what it is and how it affects you. and Yeah. You know, when I, uh, I'd like to explain them from the start. When, yeah. uh, you know, when I was a child, um, you know, my mother realized that I was not able to see well in the dark so she took me to a doctor uh, the doctor told her privately that your son you know is suffering from an inherited retinal disease and he might lose his vision when he gets old my mother hided this fact on me because you know she didn't like to affect you know my psychology and mm. especially that i was a child but after i turned 22 i noticed that there was something wrong going with my vision and um, I decided to go to the doctor myself and ask him myself, what is, what is the problem with my vision? And he told me, you have a disease called retinitis pigmentosa. Some people um, briefly call it RP, and some people call it night blindness because the first symptoms of this disease, you know, ca causing you problems is seeing at night or dim light. And... Um, and after that, you know, um, I, I started to research for information about this disease and I found, you know, that unfortunately, but alhamdulillah, that yeah, this disease, you know, 
is getting people to lose vision gradually. Mm. But, you know, um, we, we, we cannot, you know, not everything you want to do or you want to get, you will get. But you have to deal with what you have. And this is Allah's desire. And um, he knows what is the best thing for you. So just accept his reality and you go on and you do whatever you can and achieve your goals. Mashallah. So, um, so your mom kept that secret for us. Yes. So, so, yeah. She didn't even mention it, not even once. No, no. Just it, she told me you have uh, uh, an inherited disease, but right. she didn't tell me that you are going to lose your vision or anything else. Yeah. But after I after I found out this myself, mm. I spoke to her and told her my mom I I knew that this disease is you know like um, leading people to lose their vision gradually. Yeah. And she told me yes, your doctor told me this when you were a child, but I didn't tell you it. Mashallah. Yeah. So. You said it's inherited disease. Is there anyone else in your family that has has this? No. Um, yeah, it should it it should be, but not not direct appearance. It it right. maybe you know I I got it from one of my grand grandparents. Um, right. Not not direct, you know it, it. And also because I'd like to say something here, because unfortunately, you know, in the Arab world, mm. people are getting married relatively from each other yeah. between cousins. That's why, you know, this disease is quite common in, you know, in, in the Middle East, right. uh, more than in Europe or USA. So it's a gene that is carried, passed down, basically. Yes, exactly, right. exactly. Yes. Right. So the more you intermarry, the higher probability that yeah, you get this. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. That's why we encourage people, you know, not to get married from their cousins, because mm. unfortunately, this inherited disease are becoming, you know, spreading more wider because of, you know, cousin marriages. So look for someone outside your family <laughs> and, uh, and don't cause problems for your children in the future. Yeah. So I didn't know in Egypt, is it very common to marry cousins? Like yeah. now, now in contemporary Egypt? Uh, it's less, but there are some parts in Egypt, like Upper Egypt, they yeah. still do it a lot, you know. So outside of Cairo, like the villages. And yeah, stuff like exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. So... But also, I'd like to explain something. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe someone who has this disease or any similar diseases. Um, you know, currently there is one treatment available for this disease. It's for a very specific genetic mutation. Mm. It's um, uh, they are correcting a copy of faulty gene called RPE65. But now there are a number of clinical trials, very promising. And um, I myself uh, believe that there will be a treatment um in you know it's like within two years seriously yeah inshallah oh, inshallah, yeah. inshallah so so with with this because uh, we had another guest we spoke about it before uh yeah. zaid uh, zaid spirin who who's a black belt in jiu-jitsu who also uh, mm -hmm. is has this condition yeah but you know, does this condition is it more is it a software problem or is it a hardware problem so what i mean is is it the brain the signals to the, from from the brain or is it the physical it's it's uh, related to the retina Right. Retina. Okay. You know the the retina is, you know the the cells that catches the light. Yeah. To give it later to the brain yeah. via the optic nerve. So yeah. this problem, this disease, you know, like damages the cells of the retina gradually, and our retina is composed of cells which are responsible for daytime vision and other cells which are responsible for night vision. Right. So you know that's why. You know, this disease usually starts with problems with night vision. Mm. And after that, after the cells, other cells become, you know, also to die. 
you know, also daytime vision will be affected. So this treatment, I don't know if you know much about it, but yeah. could you tell us a little bit how this treatment, if, if you've got any knowledge of it, how, how it helps? And you know, it, it, it is mainly it stops his uh, progression of the disease. Right. And also it can improve and it can restore some vision by making the dormant cells in the retina to be active again. You know, when, when cells um, stops working, they don't die immediately. They, mm. they take, you know, like some time until they die gradually. So this treatment is trying to active, reactive the dormant cells, which have not been dead completely. So patients can experience also some improvements in vision as well. So basically, the earlier you catch it, yeah, the more vision you're going to be able to, to, to keep. Exactly, exactly. Right, right. MashaAllah, you are uh, Slowly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting, so I'm trying to be a Sahafi, you know, a journalist, so I'm trying to ask the right <laughs> questions. Let me know my life, MashaAllah. So, uh, so, so my, my, intro, my, my yeah. the interesting thing about it is for me, you said at 22 years old, you yeah. decided to go to the doctor and have something. Yeah. So between the age of eight and 22, did you, did you have any, my, you know, my vision was quite stable, right? Yeah. My vision was quite stable. And even if, you know, there was very, very slight change, not, not noticeable, mm. but I noticed is that something has it changed when I became 22 years old? Yeah, my problem from eight till 22, seeing from longer distances or seeing at night. But other things was okay. I was able to read, watch TV, yeah. uh, p play video games, uh, you know, playing wrestling, which we are going to speak about yeah. later. Yeah. So yeah, life was okay, let's say until 22. Yeah. So 22, was it like a... a, a a steep decline in the in the eyesight. Yes, that, exactly. Yeah. But was yeah. it overnight, or was it like in the space of a month, or how, how did it? How did it? Um, you know, I can say that the deterioration has really started heavily and quickly from twenty two till thirty. Right. Yeah, it's like it 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 years your vision is deteriorating, and you cannot do anything. You know, it's it was um, it was very painful, very hard time, but. Mm. You know, you have to adapt because not, nothing you can do. What you are going to do? Are you going to stay home and cry? Mm. Life, life will not wait for you. Sure. You know, um, so just you need to adapt and um, and to go on. Life will not stop. Imagine other people who have you know more serious diseases mm. like cancer or you know they are going to lose their life, not yeah. only their eyes. So when you have a problem. Look at the people who have more serious problems and say, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So how did your family deal with it? Uh, are, are you, is it just your only child? Have you got brothers and sisters? I have one brother and one sister, but I am the youngest. You're I the youngest. was a bit spoiled. <laughs> 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 yeah, really. My, you know, my, because, you know, my mother, I know about this problem when, when I was a child. Mm. So she was always looking after me and, you know, taking care of me. But, um, you know, uh, I made her proud. That's sure. why I try to study hard and do my best. Not and sure. every place she goes, she tells, oh, my my son has got his master's degree. My son has graduated <laughs> as the best student. My Not son sure. is now working for the BBC. I feel shy when she mentions this every time. But, you know, I know how, how she feels because yeah. she... You know, she suffered with me a lot. She took me to a lot of hospitals, to a lot of doctors. Mm. And, you know, all my success that I achieved so far, 
it is de- dedicated of course to her effort uh, with me may allah bless your mother inshallah and all the mothers of, of everyone inshallah yeah. um so do you, do you are you married have got children yeah uh not yet you're looking not yet because be tied down yet, yeah? i will <laughs> you know it's in, in on my plan but uh, last years i just it was like a big challenge for me yeah. i just wanted to prove um to others that i can be successful hmm. and um i like to focus on something you know i don't like to get you know like splitted or divided yeah. my mind everywhere because if i i was getting married um, earlier yeah it, it would take me a bit from what i wanted to achieve yeah. because it also has responsibilities but uh, now i really yeah i i am thinking seriously sure. uh, inshallah to marry soon but it depends on because i don't want to get married only for marriage yeah. uh, you know it depends if i find the right one yeah of course i will go ahead and inshallah we will see inshallah maybe next podcast inshallah, you will find not? me married <laughs> i just thought yeah it was because egyptian women are crazy that's probably why all the egyptian women it was a joke yeah yeah come after me man <laughs> every country has you know some <laughs> so crazy this yeah 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 Because they might refuse my visa to Egypt, man. That's the problem. Oh, really? <laughs> <For everyone>. oh. <laughs> If they listen to this, all the Egyptian women will, will, will stop me from coming to Egypt. So. No, no, no. no, no, no. Right. Egypt will always welcome you. Inshallah. So yeah. I really want to, because we, oh, we just obviously we're speaking off air about we went to Sudan. Yeah. And obviously Egypt is bordering and uh, yeah. and it's something that I really want to, you know. Yeah, sure. Really, so, really. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to visit it one, at least one time in your inshallah, life. You know, inshallah, inshallah you Just let let me know when you come, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. So, um, so you've 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 you found out your condition at 22. Yes. So you said something that is very familiar because when I spoke mm-hmm. to Zaid, he said the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So he said that he didn't. He doesn't want pe- people to f- number one feel sorry for him, yeah. or he wanted to prove that he can do. what he can do sure yeah. that makes sense so he goes he got got to a point i think if i remember correctly yeah. he said that it got to a point where i became even sometimes aggressive mm-hmm. because he just wanted to because of his condition yeah he didn't want people to kind of how do i explain it um to look down on him or yeah you know um, yeah. so did you go for the same same process you know um mo- most people in egypt even my close friends hmm. you know actually didn't know exact much information about my eye condition because i was not speaking mm. you know especially as i told you that my eye vision deteriorated after you know the age 22, 22 yeah yeah and all what they knew that i you know i was not able to walk alone in the dark and um you know we we, we used it to play together you know yeah. football wrestling but some you know suddenly they found me that i disappeared i stopped playing football i stopped playing wrestling and they started to ask me why where are you why don't we see you as before just was trying to get you know <laughs> making excuses telling uh um, just to go <laughs> i was busy and studying or anything else but after my uh, after the documentary uh, blind faith yeah. has come out um i spoke about my eye condition so i feel like relieved Now I I have nothing to hide from people. But why did you why did you hide it from them? Um, it's a, you know it's a very sensitive 
it's a very sensitive topic, you know, especially yeah. when people used it to see you that you can do anything mm. and they didn't notice your problem. So when, you know, when your problem becomes more apparent, mm. you feel like a bit sensitive to speak about it. But, um, Is you know, it it's not... You, you were scared of their reaction to, to you? Not, not, not reaction, but, you know, uh, in, in the Middle East, yeah. when they noticed that you have such a problem, mm. they like feel pity or yes. like, you know, oh, haram. It's, yeah. like, it's like this. And uh, <laughs> we, we don't, and yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. don't like such reactions. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because, you know, d- deal with it like flu, mm. you know, yeah, both are diseases, but this disease doesn't have treatment yet. Yes. So, but life will not stop. But unfortunately, people judge um, people who have serious visual impairment as they are unable to do anything. You know, they, they just think that visually impaired people um, should stay home, mm. be assisted all the time uh, by others. And this is uh, not a mature thinking. You know, um, um, we are able to do a lot of things. We are able to uh, achieve success that no one or not many people expect. So, alhamdulillah, and uh, I'm trying hard to do my best uh, to, you know, to achieve good career, inshallah, in the field of journalism, not only for myself, but also for helping others to speak and tell their stories. So, obviously you travel quite a bit um, with the BBC and and all this. Um, Do you see different attitudes when in Europe like you mentioned the Middle East. Uh, yeah. Um, what, what's the difference in attitude with regards to visual impairment? You know, um, here, um, you know, here in London, uh, I feel that I gain the respect that I deserve, right. to be honest. Yeah. You know, everyone inside the BBC treats you with me um, in a very nice way. They don't judge me because of my disability, mm. but they are impressed with my work, with my challenge, with my strong mentality, with my persistence. And um, yeah, of course, life for visually impaired people um, in UK. Uh, I will speak about UK because I came here like 60 times. Okay. So life here is much, much better than um, the life of visually impaired people in, um, unfortunately, in our Arab countries. So what's the difference? Uh, is it regards to kind of amenities and in, and and you know if we speak about if we speak about uh, facilities yes. first, yeah. you know here for example here I can use um, underground alone. Mm. You know they if you just go the underground and tell them uh, I am visually impaired people yeah. um, the person and I want to go for example Camden Station, yeah. they assess you until you go the station, but. For example, in our Arab countries, I, I don't think this is exist, existing. And you have to find someone yourself, you know. Or take someone with you. Yeah, or take yeah. someone with you. Maybe he's not free. Uh, yeah. So they are not free. So you you have to wait or, you know, to stay home. or. But here, um, this is not existing. Also, when you cross the street here, yeah. you can do it yourself. Yes. You know, because there are... There's no crazy people driving no, and... Uh, yeah, and also there are, there are <laughs> facilities, you know, yeah. and, you know, and like traffic makes sounds when you cross the street. Yeah. So, you know, it's a green yeah. a light, so cross. And um, also with working here, when I started working here, they, they provided me with equipment I needed. 
What kind of equipment do you, do you, do you need when you're working? Uh, just you know, laptop, microphone, yeah, yeah. and a good telephone, um, and uh, you know, um, install uh, screen readers. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, they yeah. can I can listen to what is written on on the screen instead of writing them. Especially that you know I have difficulty now with reading because my sensorial vision um, is becoming bad recently. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, with, with Zaid, something that impressed me with his phone. Yeah. So, he's got an iPhone that, that has uh, accessibility issues. Yeah. Uh, accessibility features, sorry. Yeah. Yes. And he listens, he, he posts on Instagram, he, that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that world to me was, was, was hidden from me, if you know yeah. what I mean. If you, if yeah. day to day you kind of take, take, no, take no, not, ma- not many people. I, I give you example. Yeah. When I tell to people in Egypt, I work as a journalist. Uh, they tell me like, "Sorry, how? <laughs> really?" And um, and uh, some someone asked me before. Even 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 doctors or educated people, yeah. they ask me. I I told someone from university when I was preparing, getting my master. I told them I will send you an email. Told me, "Oh, you can use a computer." <laughs> Really, Allah, yeah. it's funny, you know. <laughs> because sometimes they, yeah. this is the thing. It's like, even yeah. for someone who, who, because you weren't always like this. This is the thing. You all, you you had sight at one point, and then obviously yeah. you've lost it gradually, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. So just even, we we need to raise awareness. You know, we, it, it, yeah. we need to let you know like people with disabilities to talk more on you know media outlets, so other people. Uh, understand how how these people are able to do a lot of things, so we will change their thinking towards us. Mashallah. So, I mean, I'm in the field of technology, yeah. So yes. we we uh, mean Zach, we work, we build apps and websites yeah. and all this stuff. So I'm really keen to see. And the, do you care hear. about accessibility for so, visually impaired people when you are build sites? Or so this is the thing. So there's a new there's there's a new um, platforms that are being created now. So when you're mm-hmm. building websites, yes, to to have accessibility mm-hmm. from the beginning, from when yeah. you build it. Because what happens yeah. is when you a lot of websites are mm-hmm. what is it called retrograded. It's like they yeah. it's um, they get a website built for yeah. you know for for sighted people yes and then afterwards it's like an afterthought then mm-hmm. they build accessibility mm-hmm. on top of it yeah. whereas now there's platforms being being created where you can actually as a as a developer mm-hmm. you can build accessibility from the ground up yes. you know instead of building it and then working backwards if you know what i mean yes. so yeah. like even things like for example colors um, having uh, colored areas on, on on the website um yeah. having vo- vo- voice to was it voice to T- text to speech, sorry. yes, yeah, text to uh, speech capability, yeah, uh, even translation, tra- mm-hmm. translation capability, yes, uh, yeah. magnifying yeah. Uh, to to magnify the text as well, yes. uh, and all that. So yeah. there's there's loads of stuff that that can, and also the Chrome browser as well has a lot of uh, inbuilt features yeah. as well. You can yes. get extensions and all this stuff, which is yeah. quite good. So yeah. it's it's improving. You know, technology really um, have now um, you know good aids for people with vision impairment. Mm. So they can use, you know, internet yeah. uh, or computers or mobiles uh, without assistance from others. And what's awesome now, there's even there's a lot of there's a lot of visually impaired programmers now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a yeah, lot. Yeah. Uh, it's not just and, and they they're able to come with their own points of view because someone yes. who who has sight might not see everything in the sense of uh, to uh, yes. that yeah. that they might not realize all the the, yeah. the barriers that yeah, yeah. someone has. So having mm-hmm. someone who's programmed something who who has the same 
you know the same condition yes he's able to think about everything that you know things that we don't we don't really understand yeah so my, my key thing is let's talk about wrestling okay okay um yeah. i know your older brother is a wrestling coach yeah what's his name uh said yunis actually Saeed. i have like um you know um, i have you know because also i consider my cousins like my real br brothers Mashallah. because we were approached together yes. uh, since the childhood so yeah. i can say that i have three brothers in general not only one <laughs> including my cousins and all of them played wrestling two of them now continued as coaches now Mashallah. uh so when i was a child i you know i just found my brothers playing wrestling Did he was he the first one? Your brother was? Did it start from your father or was it? No, my who brothers. Pushed, who no. pushed him? Yeah, yeah. My, because my family, when you know, when my brothers were young, my family took them to the club, you know, yeah. to do any type of sports to to protect them from any you know bad habits yes. or. So um, they found a coach. Um, you know, he, you know, he passed away. Allah Rahmu. Yeah, he was like a father for us. Uh, his name is Captain uh, Salah. Uh, uh, Salah, yeah, Salah. And um, my brother started to play uh, wrestling. And uh, so when I found them playing wrestling, I also liked, you know, to do like them, especially that wrestling doesn't require you to have sharp vision mm. because you are competing with the player in front of you. You don't need to see very long distance or something. So I found it very interesting. And also, actually, it's, you know, it gave me strength and the challenge. You know, because when you are playing wrestling from the start, it will not give you um, good health or good physiques. No, it will also give you good mentality, will give you uh, a challenge. It will teach you how to be strong mentally. And this is very important. Mm. Some people think sports or like wrestling or like any other uh, sports will build your body in a good shape. To show off in front of people, <laughs> no, it 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 will give you also strong mentality. How how to be independent? How to be able to achieve uh, good things in your life? How to set up a goal in front of your eyes and work hard to catch it at the end? So wrestling it taught me all of these values. So um. To go back to, because you, you specialize in Greco, right? Yeah. Did you Greco, do any freestyle at all? I did, yeah. I, I did freestyle. Well, you know, when my coach was not able to find uh, a player in my in my weight in freestyle yeah. wrestling, he also he was uh, asking me to play freestyle uh, oh, right. as well. Uh, you mean in Greco? If you didn't find both. It, yeah, both. Okay, both, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of competitions, uh, for me, I played Greco, yeah. Okay, so because I'm thinking, because Greco would probably suit you better because yeah, there's no exactly. shots. You don't need to do you know, shots from yeah. far or whatever. So yes, yeah, it yeah. all works from the clinch. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. for you, it's a bit better. Yeah. Did you find a difference in in obviously there's a difference, but did you find it more difficult to do freestyle than Greco or? You know, because w when I played it, my vision was not that bad. Right, right. Yeah, so I was also able to do it, but I, you know, my specialism was. Um, Greco, yeah, yeah. I mean, Egypt is known for for, for Greco, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I think in North yeah. Africa I can move a lot. I know Algeria is yeah. very uh, similar, but only now yeah. they're starting to kind of uh, yeah. in the last 15, 20 years maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. Freestyle. I, yeah, I, I think the best Arab countries in uh, in uh, wrestling 
هي ايجيبت الجيريا تونيسيا موروكو ريسنتلي هاز ستارتد تو دو جريت Talk to us about the the culture of wrestling in, in Egypt because every country has their own um, culture in a sense of how they uh, you know because they, is it within the culture okay let me rephrase the question yeah so do most Egyptians know about wrestling so if you if you went to somewhere like I don't know somewhere mm-hmm. outside of Al Qahira or Cairo yeah. yeah would they know what wrestling is. You know, before, um, you know, our Egyptian player, Karam Gaber, yes. who uh, got like two medals in Olympics. Yes. Um, I think this helped also people to know more about wrestling. Mm. You know, when you have a champion on such a level, global level or international level, people started to, to watch this wrestling and wanted to get their kids play this wrestling. But That was 90s, right? Uh, uh, no, it 80s. was after I think 20, uh, 2004 Oh, the Gre- Gre- after Greece. when when yeah Greece That's yeah right. yeah it was Greece right. and also in London um, I think also he got silver in Greece he got uh, gold hmm. and in London he got uh, silver um, so people after you know so a champion from their country playing wrestling and um, so they started to uh, you know to know more about wrestling. Um, but some people still think when you tell them that you are playing wrestling, they think it's WWE. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And they start to tell me, oh, it's very violent. I tell them, no, it's not. It's not, it's not this one. Yeah, We but, have the same. We have kids coming to the gym. Yeah. And they, 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 they think it's uh, WWE. I'm like, yeah. And then when they see it, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. right. Well, a lot of them stay, alhamdulillah, but a lot of them don't come back. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yes. Before, before, is it Ahmed Gaber? Uh, Karam Gaber. Karam Gaber, yeah, yeah. before him. Because mm-hmm. I know, like, I don't know if it's the same in Egypt. In Algeria, yeah. wrestling is very big in the military. Yes. So they have the military games. That's recently they had it. Uh, yeah, exactly. We have the same, yeah. So, so do you, is, is that where wrestling is most... Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. By by people who you know who joins the, the you army. know the army. Is it is yeah. is in Egypt? Is it um for, uh, compulsory? Yeah, to, to join the army, it's compulsory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so did you join the army? No, because of you know my problem with night vision. Of course, yes, yes yeah. Yes, so, yes. I, so you you managed. What about your brother? Uh, my brother uh, joined it yet for a while, but because he he plays wrestling, he joined like you know like a sportsman. Right, in, yeah, right. So, so it's, I didn't know it's still to this day that it's compulsory. Yeah, yeah, it's compulsory. Yeah, to join the army. Okay, yeah. So, uh, just mm-hmm. if you can explain, because a lot of the people won't know, uh, if you could explain to them wh- how that works exactly, uh, conscript is it conscription, compulsory cons- um, or I don't know what it's called. It's, to be honest with you, it's you know, after after you finish your studies uh, in Egypt, you have to go to the army and you know um, request for joining them. Of so after that, they make like medical checks, and if you are eligible. You will join the army uh, from one to two years, depending on the level of education. And if you are, um, you know, are playing uh, sport, so you can, uh, you know, like represent uh, diff- different branches of the army in in this type of sport. And um, you know, as I told you, for me, I didn't experience it because because of my eye condition. Yeah. But also in Egypt, there is a big club, uh, army club in in Cairo. 
which it has also um, wrestling and it's in on in, in, in wrestling of course in Cairo and um, and as, as I told you uh, many families now really try to get the because not of course all people would, would like you know most of people like to play football mm. as this is the most popular sport in around the world but really many people still want also their children to you know to play wrestling because they think this is the right sport for their kids especially that it it teaches how to be strong and independent how to control your life mm. and this is very important for your for your children you know to teach him uh, how to um, get what he wants in the future. And, you know, as I said, wrestling is not only for a strong, uh, <laughs> you know, body, but also it's for a strong mentality as well. I would argue that. Yeah. Um, and as you told me, uh, you, you you always tell your students, you know, uh, the things that you are doing on the wrestling mat, you will also do it in your life. That's correct. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would argue that it's more important for a wrestler to be mentally strong than physically yes. strong. Yeah. Because if you have a physically strong wrestler, but mentally weak, yeah. it's, it's better to have someone who's mentally strong and physically weak because yeah. you can build the body. Exactly. You know, you can actually tell them, go to the, but to work on the mind is a yeah. very difficult thing. So it's something yeah. that you can't, as a coach, you really can't see what's inside their head. You yes. Know, like you can, you can make guesses, you can try yeah. and you can't do it for them. You can't force them to think a certain way. You know, yeah. So yeah, so like being mentally, that's why I think I feel like a lot of um, if anyone I've I've spoken to that that has done wrestling, yeah, they always talk about the mental toughness part of it. Yeah, and also I'd like to tell people, you know, uh, after joining wrestling, uh, there was like um, a competition for um, or a chance for selecting the most talented younger wrestlers in Egypt. And I was one of those talented young oh, wrestlers. I joined this project and I started to play competitions, not only inside Cairo, but also across Egypt. And I got, um, you know, like silver medal uh, that I will never forget <laughs> because this was, uh, you know, like the most or the strongest competition I participated in. I was in middle school. How old, how, how old were you like, roughly? Um, 15? Yeah, like 15, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I was rewarded by, you know, uh, Ministry of Sports in Egypt. Wow. And, um, you know, after that, I continued to play wrestling until, as I said, 22nd. But unfortunately, I was not able, you know, to, you know, complete my career and join the national team yeah. because of my eye condition. So I decided to focus on my education afterwards. And you know, on my journalism. So when's the last time you was on the map? Uh, two days ago. <laughs> 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 because, you know, every, every time I come to London, yeah. uh, my best friend, who is like more than brother for me, Russia. invites me uh, to the wrestling, you know, gym. Uh, to did, did you look after him, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> how many suplex did you uh... <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do like how did it feel to get back on the mat oh I feel very excited really oh, I sure feel man. very excited and I you know I I try to like transfer some uh, you know some experience to the younger sure. children and also an inspiration as well oh, sure. you know to, to inspire them and to make them know that nothing 
can stop you if you want. Mm. But if you are just want to find excuses, no, I tell you from now, just stay home and don't do anything. <laughs> Forget about excuses if you want to be great person in the life. You know, we, we all have come to the life to live, you know, 60, 70, 80, if you are lucky, 100 yeah. years old. Yeah. For what? For for justifying excuses? <laughs> no, no. You, you can, you, you know, you can be successful if you want. Just, you know, believe in God, believe in Allah, trust yourself, do your best, and the success will be guaranteed at the end. Yes. That's beautiful, man. Uh, if we had a bit more time, we could... I, I, I'd like to, to talk, you know, if you don't mind, yes, about the film that I've just made. Is it in, out yet? With the BBC, yeah, it's out. Okay. It was out since Thursday, uh, like four days ago, or five days ago. I'll put the link in the description, inshallah. Yeah, we have like um, two links, English links. One on iPlayer, BBC iPlayer, but this is for people inside the UK. But there is another link people outside the UK can watch. And I will send you both. And also for anyone likes to watch the film in Arabic language, uh, there are two uh, Arabic versions. One for... Um, people who have no any who have no problem to read translation or subtitles on a screen, yeah. but the other Arabic version for people who are visual impaired, it's a adopted version. So all the English English characters in the film will be heard in Arabic so by it's, it's, dubbing it's, it's, their voices. So it's a film, not a documentary. Yeah, it's a it's a documentary, but also in you know we call them films as well. Oh right, yeah. Right, right. So I thought there's and, some acting. Were you acting or? There's no, acting. no, no, not not acting. No, no, it's just not a musalsal, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. You know, the film name is uh, Blind Faith. Okay, much and much. we are talking about um, treatments, um, right. bogus treatments, unfortunately offered to the eye condition I have. Bogus treatments. Bogus treatments, because as I said, there is only one available treatment for a very specific genetic mutation, mm. but there are some clinics around the globe claim that they can't treat this disease. So they ask people for a big amount of money, give them false hopes. So their film is revealing all of these medical malpractices. So I encourage um, all people, you know, to watch it. I'm sure they will enjoy it. And also I hope that they will publish it everywhere so we can protect other patients from falling into, you know, that trap of such bogus treatments. So what got you on onto that trail of look? So we, how did it come to you? That how did this information come to you in the first place? And how did the documentary come? Because about? you know, because I was um, having you know, I had um, a bogus one, a oh, bogus treatment right. <laughs> years ago. It was in two thousand thirteen, right? And um, I would not. I don't want to tell all the information because yeah, yeah, I want people watch, to watch it. Yeah, yeah watch it themselves. <laughs> oh, so this is in the, this is in the documentary. You go through. Yeah, yeah, everything. yeah. Everything. Oh. Yeah, the documentary is like fifty minutes. Okay, mashallah. Yeah, and um, you know, after uh, having this treatment, I started to speak with other patients, and I found them that they had the same. So I decided to investigate this story and to unveil such practices. You know, the film is talking about some clinics in the Middle East, in Russia, and in the United States. Mm. 
Mm. Even in the United States, yeah. Yeah, did, even did you in the United In the documentary. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You will. I, I encourage you to watch it as well. I will. I will. I watch, <laughs> watch it today. Actually, mashallah, I watch it today. Inshallah. Yes. So yeah, I'm. I'm sure you would. People would love it, and um, I will send you all the links. You know, two two yeah. links in English and two links in Arabic. Yeah. When are you next in the UK? Because I know you're flying out tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Uh, yes, tomorrow, yeah. yeah inshallah. Yeah. So, uh, I think in a few months I will come again so inshallah. we can catch so up yeah, again. We can definitely catch up again. But um, I want to go a bit more detail into this because this, this is a grappling podcast. Yeah. And a lot of the yeah. guys that listen are very, very keen to hear about your experience wrestling. Yeah. So I want to so talk to us a bit about a typical wrestling session in Egypt. You know... Um, when I joined wrestling in Egypt, I was um, having training for three sessions a week. Okay. Sometimes training every day before competitions, but the typical sessions like were um, three times a week. Uh, I was trying to have balance between, you know, wrestling and between education. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, going to uh, school in the morning. After, after that, go home, just have lunch. And after that goes a wrestling training and after that coming back home, studying for my school and preparing for my lessons the other day. Mm. So like, you know, you know, this, this typical of life, this life um, taught me how to be organized, mm. you know, how, how to, how to play sports, how to study. And um, some people think, you know, if you study, you cannot play sports. And if you play sports, you cannot study. This is a wrong thinking. Mm. The day is consisted of 24 hours. Just you need to organize them and to how to get the most um, out of them. Yeah. So I enjoyed my um, life with wrestling. So how, uh, how to talk us about the session specifically. Is it, so how, it, how, how what was the warm-up like? How did you, well, you know, the, how long was the session? It was uh, like um, two hours, you know, let's say 30 minutes for warm-up, yeah. like running and you know acrobatics um, and yes that, yeah. and after that we learn some moves some skills and after that we go for serious you know serious between each two players Sparring, like yeah? yeah yeah like like a normal match yeah and um before competitions you know the coach is you know trying to get the right weight for you so if you have extra weight if you are overweight, for for example, three kilos, yeah. or they ask you, you know, before the competition, look, um, you need to lose like two kilos, three kilos. And uh, this something was challenging for me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> How would they help you lose weight? Would it just tell you stop eating this and that? Or is it, uh, no, you no, have just, to figure no, it out yourself? No, no, they tell you what to do. You know, it's, right. a, it's like... Um, not eating, you know, much bread, mm. not eating, you know, much pasta and, and the rice. So that's basically eating nothing, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, it was very difficult for me before. But as I told you, it, it teaches you how to be strong mentally. Yes. You know, how to challenge yourself. Because if you follow everything yourself wants... Mm. Yourself wants you to sleep. Yes. Wants you to play only. Wants you to <laughs> to have fun all the time. So you are not going to achieve anything in your life if you just follow your desire. But when you challenge yourself, when you challenge your desire, be sure you will achieve a lot of great things in your life. And the wrestling is one of the tools really that can help you to um, be strong mentally. So I encourage everyone to go and explore wrestling. 
you know, whether Greco-Roman or freestyle wrestling, you will enjoy it. It makes you, as I said, strong physically and mentally as well. So do you feel like wrestling helped you deal with your condition? You know, do you feel like it put you on a platform where you, I know you obviously you, you felt a little bit initially the shock of, of the diagnosis. Um, but do you feel like wrestling helped you? Yeah, uh, you know, re- wrestling taught me um, how to uh, beat anything. Oh. Not only beat the players that I play against, but beat difficulties, you know? You know, beat old things. You know, beat my weaknesses. Oh. You know, beat challenges. So, really, wrestling is a very um, is a very nice um, sport that gives you the strength that you need in your life to be successful. So it's funny, subhanAllah, um, I I don't think I've 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 met people outside of wrestling, yeah. Uh, in a sense of even jujitsu, for example, yeah. Because um, we train jujitsu and we train wrestling, yeah. So, yeah. but rest rest people who train wrestling, yeah, they have this love for the sport, yeah, that I can't put my finger on. There's this the the sport kills you. It breaks you down. Oh, <laughs> it makes you tired. Yeah. Uh, I've never met a wrestler that doesn't have an injury. Mm. They're all injured, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah, whether it's for uh, dislocated thumbs, fingers, uh, yeah. knee knee problems, back problems, neck problems. Yeah. But they never say, "Oh, I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't do this sport." Or mm-hmm. um, it's they have this lo- love hate relationship. Yeah, do you, do you understand? I even I spoke yeah. to. Um, was a guy called Kane. Yeah, I don't know if you, uh, you know you know Kane, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he came. He he got to the Commonwealth. He got a silver medal in the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, mashallah. Yeah. And um, he was a judo uh, judoka as well. Yeah. Um, so he he even even um, competed in the Bundesliga in 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 Germany, the uh-huh. judo Bundesliga. Uh-huh. Uh, he said like, broken wrist, broken thumb, like mm-hmm. uh, knee knee issues. Yeah. He goes, it, it, the sport took everything from him, literally. Mm-hmm. But he still has this love for it, you know? Yes. Um, but, you know, it, it's... It, what do you think that is? You know, um, to, to get injured, um, this this happens everywhere. Yeah. Maybe yeah. when you walk on the street, you, <laughs> you, you, you fall and you get injured. Sah. You know, yeah. maybe when you ride a horse and they're running, you get injured. Yeah. You know, maybe when you uh, carry something, you will get injured. So if you are if you are going to think about you know um, uh, you are going to get injured, you will not uh, you will you will be afraid to do anything. Sorry. No, you you we we should be brave, and um, you know enjoy it because wrestling is not also it's still not WWE. It's you know mm. it's it's safe. It's not you know it will not lead you to big injuries or. Yeah, sometimes you get injuries, but it's normal because oh. you can get them everywhere. Spoken so, like a true wrestler, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because normal people, you know, yeah. people that walk around normally, they don't do anything. Yeah. They when they hear, hear you speaking, they think you're crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But subhanAllah, like there was one person who described wrestling to me very, very interesting. He yeah. said, Wrestling is the art of throwing something that's trying to throw you. Yes, yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, very I was like, I started to think about. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, because it's not a station; it's another mm-hmm. person trying to throw you. Yes, while you're trying to throw them. 
Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, obviously, there's a lot, a, a lot of things involved in wrestling, not just throwing. Yeah. But um, when you when you try to explain it to the kids, yeah, because that is what what wrestling yeah. is. And and also we uh, we want to speak about the importance of wrestling or uh, sports in general. Yeah. You know, it it protects your children from bad habits mm. because nowadays we can see a lot of you know children unfortunately mm. you know smoke or you know or drink or doing such things. So when you when you put your time in something that you would love and would like to be successful in, you will be far away from such bad habits. So I encourage every families, you know, who have a children to take them to a sports club and join them. If you don't want wrestling, okay, but join them in, in any type of sports because this will help your children to be good in the in the in the future. SubhanAllah, like um Another thing you spoke about, about you know, the mind and the body. Yeah. You know, um, it's very important to understand that the body and the mind has to be synchronized. Yeah. A lot of the times we live our lives where maybe mentally we're strong, but physically we're weak. Yes. And sometimes we're physically strong, but mentally weak. Yeah. And to achieve that synchronization yeah. is the feeling you get. Because you might only get that once or twice. Like, for example, when you're competing, for example. Yeah. Um, that I would say is the time when your body and mind is really at sync. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not going to be like that all the time. Yeah? yeah. Maybe three, four times a year if you compete regularly. Yeah. But to kind of keep your body in that, in that, you, that uh, I read a book about flow state. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about this. Mm-hmm. Flow state is when you, you know, when you practice so much that you're not even thinking about it. Yes. You know, yeah. especially when yeah, you're in exactly. a wrestling match, you're not even thinking about the move. You're just yeah, 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 yeah. Reacting. Yeah. Your yeah. your body has become adapted to exactly. yeah, yeah. like a machine. It yes. just reacts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. And to have that kind of state is very special. And to, every every person needs to feel that once in their life. You know, yes. to kind of. Um, yeah. Um, so let's let's uh, round off the interview, inshallah. Yeah. Because um, I know you got you got to be somewhere in the bar. <laughs> yeah. It's, what is it? Twelve fifteen now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yes. Yes. Okay. So just for the for the listeners. Yeah. Um, every wrestling session is is the same around the world. You start off by running. Yes. Cardio. You do your acrobatics. Yes. You're stretching. Mm-hmm. You do your technical work, which yeah. is you might drill do one or two you do the drilling yeah then you the 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 coach will show you a specific move yeah maybe two yeah and you practice that and then after you spar and that's the end of the lesson yes now obviously ramadan's coming up Mm -hmm. and obviously egypt is a muslim country predominantly muslim country and um, how do you guys train through ramadan and do you train through ramadan and how does that lesson look like or did you train through you know of course yeah i uh i was training during ramadan and uh, some people will think Ramadan is coming, so they should stay home. Mm. No, you know, uh, in Ramadan, your body should be uh, more active because you are not eating much. Mm. And um, for example, after, you know, after breakfast and after praying, um, you can go to the club and, you know, get exercises for... Is this in the morning? No. Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. in Egypt, we have time after iftar. Yes. In London, I don't, I don't think you. <laughs> what time do you guys pray tarawih in Egypt? Uh, in Egypt, I think like seven, uh, seven something, seven. Okay, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So people like praying till eight thirty, for example, mm. and after that, yes, you can go to the club and have one or two hour uh, training. Which, so can I ask which, as well? You know the sunset in Egypt. Is it the same all year round? Uh, Does it fluctuate much? 
not not very. Not, okay, not so very. like one hour or one hour before or after, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Because here, mm-hmm. Subhanallah, summertime. Yeah, you're breaking your fast at nine o'clock. Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and winter time, mm-hmm. you're breaking your fast about four thirty. Mm-hmm. So it's a big. Uh, a big change. So, so this year, uh, this year is going to be good, inshallah. Yeah, in in here in London, how how uh, what what time? What best time you? you we break know. our fast. So this year, inshallah. Mm-hmm. So the time goes forward. Is it forward or back? Forward, isn't it? Forward. Yeah, yeah. it goes forward on Sunday. This mm-hmm. Sunday we'll go forward. Yeah. So before it goes forward, we'll break our fast roughly about six twenty, six fifty, six twenty. Then Taraweh will probably be about eight thirty. Yeah. Maybe an hour and a half tarawih, and then we have time afterwards to train. There's no problem. Uh-huh, yes. And then on Sunday, mm-hmm. when it goes forward, it will be seven fifteen, seven twenty, uh-huh. and even then. But a f- two, three years ago, yeah, it was uh, mushkila man, big problem uh-huh. because it's either you. So what we do is we train an hour before. Yeah. So we train roughly about seven to eight. Yeah, yeah, it's it's also a good time to train before. Just before you break yeah, your fast. Yeah, directly before yes. you eat. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So how did you guys do it? You know, in Egypt, we we do, some people prefer to do it before breakfast, mm. and some people prefer to do it after tarawih. Right. Yeah. So, um, but for myself, you know, I was preferring to do it uh, before breakfast actually mm. because you know your body is still active, yeah. and after you eat and pray tarawih, maybe your body is yes. like you know. A, a bit, a bit lazy, especially when you eat carbohydrates. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> especially in the Arab world, uh, world you know, the we like uh, meals was you know heavy. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so while we're on the the, the the subject of meals, yeah, uh, what's the typical dish that you guys cook in Egypt for for Ramadan? Um, Dishes, you, you know, like uh, people prefer to drink, uh, you know, like hot soup. Okay, as yeah. a start. Shorba, like yeah, uh, shorba, yeah. yeah, dates, yeah, and uh, chicken, farah. <laughs> yeah, farah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something called uh, mahshi. So, what's mahshi? It, it's like, um, you know, uh, some vegetables, yeah, you know, and we put inside them like rice. Oh, like dolma? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's, it's actually dolma? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah right. But dolma is a Turkish word. So yeah, mahshi, mahshi, mahshi. Mahshi Egyptian. Yeah, yeah, Egyptian. yeah, okay, I understand. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love mahshi. And I, you know mahshi? Yeah. yeah, and also uh, salad. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and um, some people like, you know, to eat uh, other type of meats as well. Mm. Um so yeah, people used to eat a lot in yeah. Ramadan. <laughs> <laughs> they in their food intake goes up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, you know, Ramadan should make people lose weight. Yeah. But unfortunately, they gain. <laughs> yeah, not lo- yes. Especially the Sahara. You know, uh, after after yeah. they finish Taraweh, then they go yeah. to the cafes. Yeah. They stay there with the kahwa and yeah. the, and all the sweets mm-hmm. and. And then they stay to Fajr but, time. But, but you spent uh, Ramadan in Algeria before? No, never, never. I haven't. Uh, I want to, inshallah. But, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same as Egypt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't sleep at night. No, no, no. It's in the daytime when they sleep. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. After yeah, Fajr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SubhanAllah. Yeah. So, so um, I'd like also to say, you know, a happy Ramadan or Ramadan Kareem for or um, all people who will see or listen to this podcast. Barakallahu Yeah, it's yeah. going to actually be released in Ramadan. So, yeah. Yes, oh, And yes, this So, Ramadan will be listened in Ramadan. In, that's correct. <laughs> so, we've got Ramadan. 
So, because Ramadan. Yeah. Tell the people, please. Because yeah. mm-hmm. what happens, we, we, I don't know if um, the brother told you that we, we've got a gym. Yes. Yeah? yeah. What happens, the membership goes like this. Ah. People don't, they stop training in Ramadan. And mm. I can understand like, yeah. um, but can you just please mm. explain to them the importance of staying in shape during the Ramadan? Because, you know, if you, you know, one month without any type of sports, mm. it will affect, you know, your, you know, like, um, the shape of your body, mm-hmm. maybe you will gain weight, which is not good for health. And also, if you have reached a good level and you, and one month you don't do anything, mm. you know, you will go backward. Your level will not go forward. So if you wanted to be a good sportsman, no, you, you shouldn't stay uh, all Ramadan without, you know, without exercising. This is a not good thinking. So I encourage you, you have, you know, two options, either to do um, it before breakfast or after praying tarawih. Just to do it for one hour. Yeah. It's not necessary to do it like before Ramadan, no, but at least one hour training, you know, this will help have you. It to be every day either. Then, yeah, yeah, not every day. Yeah. You know, I, I think two, three times a week, yeah. uh, very good during Ramadan. Because Ramadan should make you active. You know, we, we, and also we can see uh, many sportsmen who are Muslims. Yes. They are play professionally, yes. you know, in uh, different types of sports and in in serious competitions. So, so this is not excuse. And it is yourself to control yourself. Don't mm. don't let your desire control control you. When your desire tells you I want to stay home, no, go outside. When your desire tells you don't train, no, train. Be be stubborn. The, believe me, <laughs> this will help you to be a strong uh, person to achieve your goals in the future. Don't follow your desire. There you go. You heard it from Ramadan himself. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. want to leave them with anything while we sign out? Uh, uh, where can they catch your documentary? You said BBC iPlayer. Yeah, right? B- BBC iPlayer. Just write um, um, Blind Faith. And also, I will send you my brother Muhammad uh, the links yep. so people can. Uh, go easily uh, to see the film. But the film in English called Blind Faith and it's on iPlayer for people inside the UK. There is another link uh, in English. I will um, send Muhammad it. And also in Arabic, if you, anyone want to see it, watch it in Arabic, it's called Athika Al-Amiya and it's on YouTube. I also will send the links to Muhammad. Yeah, thank you, brother. Yeah, I enjoyed my time really with you today. Yeah. And inshallah, next time you come back, yes, we're definitely gonna we're gonna sure uh, yeah. hook up again. Inshallah. Yes, inshallah. inshallah. And thank you very much, everyone. Hopefully, you're having a a very productive Ramadan, and you're not just sitting on your backside eating. Um, and hopefully you're in the gym at least once or twice a week. Yeah. You can also catch, uh, if you are concerned about what to do during Ramadan, I'm going to put a link in the description of Coach Khalid's uh, Ramadan workout. So he's, he's made a free ebook. And also, this is the most important thing. If you've got to the end of this podcast, please click the link below to the charity right uh, link for the donations. Um, for our recent trip to Sudan um, Hopefully I think by this point You would have already seen The documentary And, and the two podcasts We shot from there uh, The situation is quite dire Over there But These people are very optimistic And very happy people And we, we just want to help them 
Um, our, our target is to get to about 30,000. Currently, I think at the time of shooting this, we're, I think we we're up to 7,000. So we've got a long way to go. So if you feel like you can't even afford 13 pounds, 13 pounds will, will, will help, will go a long way. Trust me, we've seen what 13, 13 pounds 50 can do. Um, so there is no excuse. Um, but the minimum you can do is to share the the link. That's the minimum you can do because you might not be able to help, especially if you're a kid watching this. Um, yeah, please share 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 the links. And uh, for me and, and Ramadan, we will see you on the next one. Yeah, thank you.